0: And if you take the same 3% interest rate on a 30-year mortgage and apply it to a 20-year mortgage, you're going to see a substantial increase in the payment, which kills the whole notion of affordability and actually makes it seem like it's going to be harder for these low-income families to qualify. So are these guys, are they dumb? Why are they thinking that a 20-year mortgage is going to be better for these families that are trying to help build equity? Well, this is where it got interesting. There's a part of the article that says they're going to subsidize- The interest rate on these 20-year mortgages, meaning that whereas today's prevailing rates, and it does not tell you in the article I looked what the rate is going to be, but it does say that the rate is going to be subsidized by the federal government. Check, check, one, two, one, two. welcome back to the foreclosure deals coach podcast i am your host and foreclosure deals coach donnie quorum thanking you yet again for tuning into the show i am here in our studio with my executive producer and all-around badass mr jonathan
1: winston hello there how are you all i am uh so, so excited. You get sound back.
0: excited and British slightly. I think yeah. we've, we've been down that road before. It's, uh, I don't get, even
1: know. I don't even know where that. It
0: doesn't get less strange. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: <laughs> you know, I was watching Daniel Craig and James Bond last night. <laughs> forgive me. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we're back at it, man. This is, uh, this is what we love to do. It's, it's continuing to be something that's like, I don't know, it's like a highlight just to be able to come in and, you know. Well, talk to our
0: people, um, right? Talk to
1: our people. Get these articles, kind of you know, wax poetic about what we're thinking, and then you know, interacting with people on the back end and uh, you know, getting their opinions. So, i um, just continuing to be excited about the show.
0: Yeah, man, uh, it's uh, we've grown rapidly. It's been it's been fun. I mean, it's been a couple of years now. We've been out this man.
1: man. Really, yeah, like legit couple of years
0: that's crazy like it just it seems like yesterday recording our first couple of shows and now here we are you guys are still listening i know because you're hearing my voice right now listenership has been steadily increasing so we appreciate all that you guys are doing let's get to it we we discuss on the show we bring up an article so just give you the format for those of you just tuning in for the first time first of all where have you been like the coolest oh, foreclosure show On air, so I don't know why you're not hearing about this till now, but the format's simple. We bring up an article related to something going on in the real estate market. We compare it to how it affects real estate investors, either directly or indirectly, and then we try to give you some kind of call to action for how to utilize that information to start or expand your investing career. The ultimate goal, to some degree, is to hope that one day you're going to want to bring on a professional business coach in the real estate investing space. And then at that point, if, you know, it seems like we're a good fit, we set up a strategy call and we look forward to working with you to advance your career. We got a couple of new clients that just come on board. I'm so excited about, you know, some of the, the two young guys came on board here and they're, you know, just excited about how much they can do, uh, for the program and how much the program can do for them and expand their life. I wish I'd gotten somebody to help, you know, Mentor me in the very early stages, and I did. I started out pretty young uh, compared to most people. But as always, like I always think, man, if I could have shaved another five, six years off right. and started it earlier, where would I would I be today? So these guys are they're so young. I'm so excited. So hopefully you'll join up with us. Let's get to it. Um, the Dems and anything that starts with the Dems, like in general, is like, why are we? What are we doing? Like why yeah. why are we doing this? Right. Yeah. But they have proposed. <laughs> It sounds horrible if you're a Democrat, so my bad. Propose a 20-year mortgage for first-gen homebuyers. They're calling it the LIFT Act, which stands for Low-Income First-Time Homebuyer. nsh the Right.
1: Uh, never mind. That was me being OCD.
0: That was a little – that's strange. Thank you for screwing that up. No, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to look at that the same <laughs> – Thank you. That's going to ruin the rest of the show.
1: Um, Sorry, guys. That's all
0: right. So Ginny May, is pro- they want to propose a program through Ginny May that's going to be a 20-year fixed-rate mortgage through Ginny May. The The bill is sponsored by Senators Mark Warner of Virginia, Tim Kaine of Virginia, Chris Van Hollen, Maryland, Raphael Warnock, Democrat out of Georgia, and John Ossoff, also out of Georgia. Okay. And the idea behind it, you'd have to qualify for be a first-generation, first-time home buyer with an income equal or less to 120% of the area median income. So if you're ball out of control, this program ain't going to help you. That's kind of what it comes down to. So they're looking for people who are just getting started, which I generally support. Okay, I think there should be programs out there to help people break through those financial gaps that may be limiting them. But this program worries me a little bit. The number one way they say that middle class, class Americans build wealth is through home ownership, an opportunity that due to racism and structural inequality has been denied to too many families of culture, color, right? I agree with that. I think that you can see, you can see a clear diversion in the amount of wealthy black Families that own that own real estate as opposed to the white counterparts. Some of that's by choice. I can tell you that from personal experience, yep. and some of that's systematic. It's it's a little bit of both, right? So we're they're trying to help out with that, and it's certainly appreciated. Here's where it gets kind of goofy for me. Okay, they're proposing a 20 year mortgage. So a 20 year mortgage. If you imagine the amortization schedule, you're taking the property and you're dividing it over a 20 year period. As opposed to a 30-year period. Obviously, when you divide it over a 30-year period, the payments would suitably be less because you have a longer amortization schedule. These guys are proposing a 20-year schedule because they're saying that the, you're going to build equity like at twice the speed in a 20-year versus a 30-year. The logic is sound the problem I'm going to have with it, and it should mean that the payments should be higher. And if you take the same 3% interest rate in a 30-year mortgage and apply it to a 20-year mortgage, you're going to see a substantial increase in the payment, which kills the whole notion of affordability. Right and actually makes it seem like it's going to be harder for these low-income families to qualify. So are these guys, are they dumb? Why are they thinking that a 20-year mortgage is going to be better for these families that are trying to help build equity? Well, this is where it got interesting. There's a part of the article that says they're going to subsidize... The interest rate on these 20-year mortgages, meaning that whereas today's prevailing rates, and it does not tell you in the article I looked what the rate is going to be, but it does say that the rate is going to be subsidized by the federal government, which means today's 3% rate might be, I don't know, 2%, 1%. Right? If you're paying virtually no interest on these properties, then suddenly the 20-year mortgage sounds pretty darn good. Right. Right. The challenge and the reason why the 30 year mortgage came to be at all, much less the 40 year mortgage that followed and the 50 year mortgage that some lenders are already pitching right now is that because home prices got so expensive, they divided it out. So you're paying the you're paying the same amount of interest. Right? but you're paying much less towards the amortization or the pay down on the equity because you've you' divided it out over so many payments so why the 30-year mortgage came to be at all the 20-year mortgage doesn't seem to help that but if they affect the interest rate they lower the interest rate by subsidizing it this could be absolutely awesome
1: yeah
0: right so I'm excited to see how much they can subsidize the rates. But I got to tell you, a part of me thinks that it's really hard to subsidize rates that are already in the threes and even the twos. So where do you think they're going to take the rate, Jay? Like what, what, how how far down can they cover the rate, do you think?
1: I mean, to keep the people that are lending the money, uh, you know, at least a little bit happy. I mean, that's going to be subsidized, so they'll probably get something from the government. But I would say probably like one and a half just to.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, if you gave me a one and a half percent mortgage, I would sever my right arm for a one and a half percent mortgage right now. Okay, so that's just amazing. Now, I would never qualify for this because it sounds. It starts with low income housing, basically. So they're they're trying to appease to people who need the assistance, and I'm I'm doing very well. So I I think it should go to people who actually need that assistance. I think that's awesome. But man, you're right. If this goes down to one percent, just imagine for a second. You got a property that's. $400,000, Four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Right. In Colorado Springs, that buys you a, a large closet. But like if you're buying a, a property for four hundred thousand dollars, okay, right. and your interest rate is one and a half percent as you just proposed, right. okay. Quick math tells us that your annual interest on that property, one and a half percent of four hundred thousand, is six grand a year. In interest, nice. that's pretty, pretty nice, nice, right? So now we know that six grand a year or five hundred dollars a month is going towards the interest. Now we have to pay the the principal down. We take that same four hundred grand, and we divide it by twenty years of payments, two hundred forty payments basically, sixteen hundred and sixty six dollars per month. You with me? You add on the five hundred dollars a month in interest. in interest, and your payment on four hundred grand is twenty one sixty six. Okay. Okay, now that that's not that's not bad considering how much of that is going towards principal. All it right. is definitely a wee bit more. Let's do the same math on a thirty-year mortgage. Okay, at at three percent, which is about par right now. Okay, so if we go to the same four hundred thousand dollars, and we put in a three percent rate.
1: The foreclosure deals, Coach, is calculating it right now for you guys. In in real time, real Real time,
0: time. right? That same payment is $1,700 a month. Uh, Oh. Yeah. You see what happened Uh, here? Oh, okay. So they're going to have to, in order for these payments to get more affordable, which was their objective. They said, we want to make this more affordable for low-income houses. They're going to have to drop that. I don't know if one and a half is going to do it.
1: I mean, yeah, that isn't. <laughs> That's a you quite see, the like, difference between seventeen and twenty one, man. That's a I could do a lot with four hundred extra dollars a month. And, and
0: most low income households yeah. uh, like just in general, if you're trying to make homes more affordable. So I'm thinking one and a half may not get this done, man. Uh oh. That like, sounds pretty crazy. That's- they may be talking about going to uh one. One percent interest. What if it's lower than one? This is not if this doesn't seem kind of crazy, if you if you know anything about finance, okay, this has got to seem a little bit nuts to you right now, okay? You gotta be looking at this and going, how can we possibly get rates to 1%? And here's why it's a struggle, okay? Banks who are gonna provide this money, right, right? they like to make money on their money. money. They're they're kind of big on that because you know, (laughs) like they're banks. So this is what they do for right. a living, right? So if you're going to tell a bank, hey man, I know you got all this money sitting in your accounts anyway, we're going to subsidize it. It used to be three percent, we're going to pay one percent. The bank's like, cool, but you need to pay us a lot yeah. for that service. Like, you're going right. to pay us very, very well, okay? But if they're, I mean, they, they keep printing money, yeah,
1: right. So about that.
0: If they're going to keep printing money, can they buy off the banks, get this rate to 1% or even lower? Because if they can, they're going to find a way to get it. So most, I mean, at this point, most of your payment, I, my amortization calculator also tells me how much is going to principal versus how much is going to interest. Okay, And in this case, we get down to 1% on this same $400,000 loan. You're, you're actually 91% of your payment is going to principal oh, man. and only 10% is going to interest right 9% is going to interest that's incredible that just can't be done that same mortgage on a 30 year mortgage right if you go back up to 3% it's still 67% principal and 33% interest but that makes a drastic difference in how fast these families are going to be able to pay down these properties right you know so I think that's incredible i do believe that home ownership is a critical part of the american dream and i do believe that the fha which was developed With the idea of helping, you know, in the past when our parents were buying houses, you wanted to buy a house, you had to put 20% down, okay? The bank's like, we'll take the risk on the rest of this mortgage, but you're going to bring 20% down. This is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. You know, one question I'm asked all the time is, how do I get started in real estate investing? Here's the thing. In order to get into the game, you got to have access to the big data that drives the real estate market. After all, you wouldn't trade stocks without a trading platform, and you shouldn't get started in investing in real estate without DealHunter.io. DealHunter.io is an application that I use daily, to find the best deals in the real estate market to provide that information to my lending partners so I can fund those deals, to know how to fix those deals, to bring them in line with the market, and most importantly, how to sell those deals at a profit. So if you're looking to get started in real estate investing, head on out to dealhunter.io and sign up for a free seven-day trial of the PropStream application that'll separate you from other competitors of the real estate market. With that, this is Donnie Corum from dealhunter.io reminding you, don't buy a House buy a deal. That's a lot of money, but back then when houses were you know sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, you were talking about fourteen, fifteen thousand. Okay. Now the average price of a home is in the fours to fives, so that twenty percent down has become it's eighty, ninety thousand dollars. Incomes have gone up. They haven't gone up that much, right? Where the typical households could be able to put together a 20% down payment. So the 3.5% down payment that FHA offers came out to allow these home buyers to be able to qualify for a home with 3%. Well, it started out at 3%. Then George Bush Jr. got a crazy idea to raise that half percent for reasons nobody's been able to explain since. Um, so it went up a little bit, but the uh, it, it, increased, it, it made it possible for homes younger families who didn't able to save 20% down to be able to afford to buy a property much younger and benefit from that amortization schedule, right? But then they started slapping on mortgage insurance and all these other tools that were added to that, that made those homes less and less affordable. You're paying much less a principal on a three and a half, you know, on an FHA rate than you would be in this setting, but you're also getting into the house sooner as opposed to spending a bunch of time saving up for it, right? right? So it kind of balanced each other out. It was a good idea, right? This is a good idea in a lot of ways, but I'm super curious to see how they're going to balance that interest rate out so that 20-year amortization schedule keeps those homes affordable. Because if they stay at the, if they stay at the rate or even buy it down to one and a half, as, as you proposed originally, the math doesn't work.
1: So, would they? So, we're talking about adjusting the interest rates, and they're talking about subsidizing the interest rates. Are Correct. there other portions of like the mortgage payment, like as far as like mortgage insurance and tech, like different things that they could, uh, uh, you know?
0: And it Not doesn't yet. say, but I can tell you that these programs always start out with the best of intentions, I believe, right? right. And then the banks are unhappy because they're lending. I mean, they're lending right. out money at one percent, so they find ways to start tacking on dumb fees and right. other interest rates hits. So the FHA started out like a really strong program, but when you started adding mortgage insurance from those other pieces, the FHA is arguably one of the worst ways to buy a house in this economy today, right? But it started out really good. Like the idea was pretty cool it just didn't it hasn't ended very well that's gonna be the case here so my advice is if you're gonna try to jump on this if you first of all you qualify uh, for this is low income um, housing credit basically I, I you need to jump on it pretty quick because it'll, it'll get spoiled pretty early they're also saying they're gonna couple that with the $15,000 first time home buyer tax credit that I made fun of a long time ago, when, when Biden was proposing in one of the hottest real estate markets we had seen in you know like a decade, he's like, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's pay people fifteen grand to buy a property. I still don't think that's a good idea. Okay? Uh,
1: don't worry about it. He probably forgot about it already,
0: <laughs> and, and a bunch of other things. You know, like running the country. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> the,
1: uh, I have no political affiliation, folks. <laughs> Me personally, I'm neither one, but I like to poke fun at all of them.
0: It, it's way more fun that way. <laughs> the orange man is gone, and we got to find something to do with our time. No, right? I mean, come on, now. You know, it, it, it's boring without him now. Um, so, fifteen thousand dollars homebuyer tax credit coupled with these twenty-year mortgages has have got to be stupid, stupid low interest rates, right. right? The combination of that will actually light yet another fire under the the already overheated housing market. So, a part of me, especially back then, mind you, when I heard about the proposal at a $15,000 tax credit, you go back and listen to the show, I was like, what are you guys nuts? Yeah. You think it's a good idea to add fuel to the fire here? Well, you know, this article, i at so far, I'm a supporter because I do feel like the challenge really is the interest rates. It always has been, right? And the rates are low, but the proposal is because there's so much float in the market, courtesy of printing a bunch of money, that they can get the rates lower still. Will we see a 1% interest rate? Will we see a half a percent interest rate? What does that look like? Well, time will tell. Stay tuned for more
1: spine tingling events.
0: <laughs> I'm excited, you know, and like <laughs> I got to find a way to qualify for a 1% interest rate just to say I did it. <laughs> like, just to say that it's super cool. I'm paying like no interest on that. I'm using the bank's money. I'm going to the bank and the bank's like, get out. We hate you here.
1: <laughs> we know you.
0: We know. No, no you don't. I'm. I'm Ricardo. <laughs>
1: that's why I got this mustache. Right? I mean, that's why I have this mustache right now. Do
0: not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, it's it fascinating what they're going to try to do to incentivize home ownership. Now the question becomes: Do we need to incentivize home ownership right now? Yes, we do. It is still a critical element of this country's economy is that people are building wealth by not paying off their landlords every single month, but rather building wealth for their families. It's generational wealth. Um, You transfer that house to the next generation, so they get the benefit from that. And if properties continue to go up in value at the pace that they have, it may be the only way to stave off generational poverty. Homeownership maybe it because he's you know most people, especially that low-income bracket, are not investing in their 401k, right. They're not investing in the stock market. They're not putting money in crypto right now. They simply are not educated about those things. But most everybody can understand home ownership, right? So the government is wise in this case. And I'm generally not a proponent of socialistic style programs that you know improve the lives of the needy. Not because I'm against that, just because it generally doesn't work. Right, you don't want to educate people people on money market stuff when they don't care to be educated. It generally doesn't work. We spend a bunch of money convincing people there's a better way simply because simply to watch them not do it. Right, um, but in this case, home ownership, which is near and dear to my heart, I helped a ton of first time home buyers as an agent buy their first home, and today they're sitting on hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars worth of equity uh, because I incur- I really promote it. Don't buy a house, buy a deal. Right, we always say right. And it worked. A lot of people bought a deal. They're sitting on a ton of equity. I I still talk to them today, and their lives are definitely better as a result of having gained equity, whether they flipped that property or they decided to keep that in the family and grow with it. In either case, it was a good investment for them. And generally, buying a home is almost always a good investment. Now, we got to spin this around to how it benefits investors. If this kind of program goes through, you just entered another 10, 20% 10, 20% of potential home buyers in the marketplace, right? right? And if, a, if there's another surplus of home buyers in the marketplace, we may see prices start to soar up to higher rates again. If you're an investor this is a really good, good news for you, right? We're already selling it substantially more. The average price of a home here in the Colorado Springs market is $500,000. So, it's already way too high. But if you get this kind of push on the marketplace with more government subsidized activities, you could see it push higher. So, it's good news for us as investors as well. But where's the top of this thing? Like, when are we going to top out? Don't we have to hit a ceiling at some point? I think so. But if we were going to, we probably would have by now, right? Are we going to be looking at entry-level homes, you know, 1,000, 1,200 square foot homes that are going for a million dollars? The problem with these kind of programs is the inflation is left unchecked. You keep entering buyers in the, into the market who maybe shouldn't be here. They buy property. They buy the properties at the bottom, right? But it pushes all of the market upwards, right? And we're already too high. So again, I'm still a proponent of the program. I think it's a good idea, but I think we have to start looking at this from an investment angle and going at some point, this has got to top out and then we're going to have a problem on our hands. Now, problems are simply opportunities for investors, right? If the market goes down, why is that a good thing overall? Well, for one thing, we'll buy houses cheaper, right? Well, the market corrects, right? So that's not bad news, right? For two, the uh, rental market will skyrocket. See, when housing prices start to drop off, people start to lose their homes and they have to go rent, right? And that pushes the rental market ever higher. So if you're a long-term investor in real estate, as in you're doing buy and hold, be it rental properties or vacation rentals or et cetera, you want that to happen because the rents of everything will get pushed up as a result. Okay, So a market collapse, although it sounds bad, or a market correction, we should probably say, rather than collapse, ultimately it's good for the market because it corrects it. Right. We've all we've been on this trajectory for years. And for years, you've been listening to this show. And I've been saying this has to stop. It has to end. It's got to end eventually. And I swear to you, when we started this show a couple of years back, I really believe by now I'd be having a discussion with you about how many cool foreclosures there are in the market already.
1: I mean, it's like in the name of the show. And it's like, why are you hating on us and not giving us the foreclosures that?
0: Been begging, I've been begging. This is what we need for a foreclosure. I know this sounds horrible. Well, you don't care about families, no, no man. I'm telling you that if we don't get, if there's not a bottom of the market, it will continue to go up and up and up and up. Which means people trying to get into the market won't be able to, be able to get into the market. So I got to be frank with you. A foreclosure, at least some balance of foreclosure of the market is required for balance. The same example applies to cars. Okay, nobody wants to talk about car accidents, but if we just kept making cars and nobody ever destroyed those cars. Man. Right? If there were no accidents, et cetera, if you didn't take some cars off of the road, mm-hmm. where would we be? Right? Prices would go up because there's, there's, much, there's congestion in the market. Right? right? It would be congestion on the road because we'd all have cars. Right? right? The fact that cars break down and get damaged is actually what keeps the market in balance. Same applies to the real estate market. If we don't have a bottom on the market, we haven't had a bottom on the market in almost two years now. Right? Right there's been no virtually no foreclosures, very few short sales, things of that nature. You're not seeing that bottom of the market where investors have opportunity, where home buyers, normal home buyers, can see the opportunity to build their own sweat equity on properties. That market has been virtually gone for years, so it has to come back, right? And these these kind of programs are ensuring that it doesn't come back, maybe ever. Right, market's got a bottom. It's gonna happen. I promise you. Markets are cyclical. I know I've been saying it for years. I'm still gonna keep saying it. And you know, and one day, mark my words, Jay. (laughs) When the foreclosure market comes in, I mean, I might be seven years old. I told you guys, <laughs> I told you.
1: I'm going to go ahead and link to this episode <laughs> and once we, once we get there. And it's, this is the day that we predicted
0: it. I told you it was going to happen, but I've been saying it for two years. It hasn't happened. It is still going to happen. But as long as they keep kicking the can down the road, it just means the correction is going to feel all the worse. The longer you wait to correct it at a bottle of the market, the higher the market goes and the farther we have to fall to get there. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Know what the market is doing. We're topping out. We have to be topping out. It's too high and know how to benefit from it. If you're not sure how to get started, that's where getting professional advice and counseling and coaching and watching your YouTube videos and reading, you know, reading blogs about this stuff and. Joining the right Facebook groups, and yes, if it applies to you, maybe hiring a professional coach in the real estate investing space—that's where that comes into place. But you should, at very least, if you do, if you haven't done any of that stuff, you should be monitoring your local market and understanding that what goes up must simply come down at some point. You know, and these kind of programs will delay it, but they won't stop it forever. We will have a correction one day. I just I don't know what it's going to be because they keep finding ways to keep the market artificially inflated you know and an artificially inflated market tends to pop a lot greater than a market that's on a proper cycle so we'll see it's gonna be interesting a lot to talk about big year coming up here guys uh fall is in the air much to my chagrin um we are try- chagrin there's a word i don't get to hey, use very often right. it's pretty cool I like right that one thank you thank you um It's happening. The market, it really is changing. We are definitely seeing a notable slowdown in at least the Colorado Springs market. We're not getting 80 offers on every single property. We are seeing a, a, we're not no longer at zero day. We're not measuring days on market and hours anymore. So that's a plus. We're now at an average of four days on market, which is still far too low because it shows that inventory is still too low. Um, but we are definitely seeing a change. It's not as crazy hot as it was. We're not getting 50000 over asking price like we were. Things have changed a little bit. What's next remains to be seen, and if you want to get out in front of it, I recommend you stay tuned to the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast because we're watching the market in real time and reporting back to you, our loyal listeners, of the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast. With that, this is Donnie Coram, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, thanking you yet again for tuning in and reminding you, now and always don't buy a house buy a deal want more of the foreclosure deals coach hit subscribe and stay tuned for more of the mindset methodology and tools you'll need to invest in foreclosures visit foreclosuredealscoach.com
1: and text deal to get a list of foreclosures in your area